0: Hey guys, this is Stefan Cleveland, goalkeeper with the Seattle Sounders, and this is Circling Seattle Sports Podcast.
1: You heard it from him first. Uh, this is the Circling Seattle Sports Podcast. Today I'm joined by Stefan Cleveland. Stefan Cleveland? Stefan Cleveland. Which one do you?
0: Uh, S- Stefan Cleveland.
1: Stefan? Gotcha. My apologies for that. This is the Seattle Interview Series number 25. I am excited to welcome you on two time, this team, all Ivy League selection uh, 2015 Ivy league defensive player of the year, current sales Sounders goalkeeper. How have things been for you? I know we're on international break when this is being recorded, kind of get a little bit of a break. I know you still have to do training, but how, how have you been? Have you been able to sort of, uh, calm things down a little bit or is it still, you got to keep that same intensity and be ready for, uh, when the next matches come up?
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's nice. I think, uh, throughout the duration of the season, cause it's a long season. It's, it's great to have breaks like this, uh, just kind of mentally get away i think personally for me i was kind of in the rhythm of things uh you know just getting getting a few games under my belt so i think it would have been nice to continue to build on that but at the same time these season or these breaks don't um you know they don't come along very often more than more than once a year really so gotta take advantage of them when we have them uh and yeah and then build build back up for the next game
1: so I want to I wanna start at sort of the beginning here. Where would you say that your passion, your, you know, your love for soccer really began?
0: Oh, man, this goes way back. I think, uh, so I have I've a much older brother and sister. Uh, my brother's 13 years older than me and my sister's 16 years older than me. And so growing up, you know, when I was two, three, four, five years old, my brother was playing high school soccer. Uh, and then he went on to play college soccer for a little while. Uh, my sister played soccer as well. But I think watching my brother, and he was a goalkeeper, um, you know, when, from as long as I can remember, I think that kind of ignited the passion uh, and got me going. I remember, you know, in our backyard, we had a little goal in our backyard, and I would jump in at, you know, five years old, and he's 18, ripping shots at me. Usually he was, you know, skying him over. <laughs> but, but, yeah, I think soccer kind of, you know, has played a role in my life as long as I can remember it just – you know within my family and my brother and you know and then you know once he graduated high school and moved on I uh yeah I picked up and it was always a big part of my life
1: so with that being said would you say that he's somebody that you looked up to growing up you know in the soccer world or did you have other sort of role models uh that you looked up to idols of sorts uh within the world of soccer
0: yeah i think i definitely looked up to him um just you know kind of what he accomplished and because he was you know, he was always right there with me and and for me. Uh, So I think just trying to accomplish and be the best goalkeeper that I could be. And my family as a whole has has pushed me to that um, in a very um, caring and balanced way. I don't feel like there was any unhealthy push from my family. Um, I think my entire, uh, the the community around me was very conducive to improvement um, towards, you know, kind of building, building me up, breaking me down in good ways. Um, And, but I think beyond that just watching global soccer I remember Ch- Chelsea was one of my favorite teams uh, growing up. So I really like Pettercheck obviously I don't have quite the build of Pettercheck <laughs> but no not many people do. Uh, but yeah he was a great one to watch. Uh, Noyer's you know been a great goalkeeper for uh, so many so many years um, but yeah I think just kind of and, you know watching like Tim Howard and, and guys like that were awesome growing up
1: you have any – just to, to stray away from the main course here, do you have any thoughts on uh, the the game the other day and the, the save by Horvath there in the extra time?
0: I think that's awesome, man. I think uh, at any goalkeeper that steps in, especially in a game like that in the middle of the second half, that's, uh, that is, that's tough. I think, you know, everybody said, it, like, you know, he is never expecting to play that game. Obviously, uh, as a goalkeeper, you have to be ready, but there's a part of you that's like – you know, you're not, you're not actually expecting it. Um, but I think that, you know, he stepped up the task, he did the job. Um, and I, i yeah, really happy for him because that's, you know, that's, that's a huge, that's a quick way to become a hero. Uh, and it just, it kind of validates all the work. that he's done. Uh, so that's great for him.
1: It sort of reminds me of when I was doing my research, looking at, uh, how you prepared, you know, you just got to stay ready and I'm sure that stays applicable there. Um, sort of get back on track here uh what fell into what pieces fell into place for you to attend uh, Dartmouth and you know was it where you cr- recruited how did that process go and what ultimately factored into your decision to enroll there
0: uh it's funny thinking about my my kind of whole life and just both career professional athletes uh I think because there are so many guys that have talent and have you know the ability to be where I am right now. Um, but it's just some a, a lot of times it's lucky the draw. Um and it's definitely, you know, it, it's definitely hard work. I like don't discredit that at all. But I think that it's just kind of timing and circumstance and it, when the right people enter your life at the right time, uh, that makes a big difference. So for me, I you know, kind of talked to my high school coaches uh or my club coaches in high school and I asked them, because one of them was a coach at Xavier university at the time. And he, I was talking to him, you know, kind of where my level was. And He said, academically and athletically, you kind of fit with the Patriot league and Ivy league. Um, and so I you know, went on a road trip, checked out, you know, for one week with my mom, one week with my dad, she's got a ton of Ivy league and Patriot league schools. Uh, and I, I, I liked a lot of them. Dartmouth stuck out to me. And then that summer, I think I went to like several camps and I remember there's a kid at the Cornell camp and the kid at, and the the same kid was at uh, the Dartmouth camp and after the Dartmouth camp, he was like, dude, what happened? You played way better here than you did at Cornell. And it's just, it's just, you know, kind of the the timing of it and, you know, whatever happens happens. Uh, So yeah, I got recruited a little bit, but I kind of put myself out there uh, after the camp. Uh, They just kind of brought me in the process got going. And I think it was a fantastic fit. I was talking to a few other schools, Cornell, Lafayette, um, And not, not many, not many, not really any big schools, um, but those were, yeah, I I think academically, athletically, and then the culture of the school, you know, fit me well.
1: So what, in what light do you remember your time at Dartmouth? Uh, You know, I spent 2012, 2015 there, because I believe as a graduate student, you transferred into Louisville, so. Is, was there any difficulty in transferring to Louisville or was it more so this was something that you wanted to see as uh you know furthering your career I guess
0: yeah I think for me Dartmouth was perfect uh because I I think you kind of you yes, asked what light I think there's improvement was the big thing for me there because um, I went from somebody that you know I didn't play at all freshman year and frankly I didn't deserve to play I wasn't good enough and then sophomore year kind of split time and then over sophomore to junior year I made made uh, a lot of improvements uh, a lot of credit goes to my goalkeeper coach uh, at the time um, he, he came in my sophomore year and he was so fantastic I, I owe him so much um, but then come so I had I registered in my uh, freshman year but I wasn't injured and some of the rules in the Ivy League are weird so I, I couldn't have paid my fifth year uh, so I had one year of eligibility left I had to leave Dartmouth which was perfect because that opened up you know the opportunity to go to Louisville uh so in a few other schools but Louisville was a great fit um for me and just soccer wise I felt I could I felt I could have gone pro after my senior year at Dartmouth but that would have been a, a very large leap and and we got dumped out of the NCAA tournament uh, two years in a row in the second, in the second round. And I really wanted another shot at it. And so I went to Louisville. I, you know, a team where we really had a good chance at winning the at the NCAA tournament. Um, and we had, we had a really good run, but I felt like that was a fantastic stepping stone between the Ivy league kind of mid-major soccer, mid-major D1 soccer into the pros. And, and, you know, that allowed me to get drafted. I I, I don't believe I would have gotten drafted or gone straight into the MLS uh, out of Dartmouth. So in, you know, another year of college soccer with a good team at a good school uh, or big, big soccer school was, uh, yeah, a fantastic experience. We got the best of both worlds.
1: Was it odd at all to, you know, transfer into the University of Louisville uh, having, you know, as a graduate student, was it weird at all trying to, you know, meet new people or is it more so I'm here to, Uh, continue to work Uh, more school I believe I believe I read because it says I think you've got on your Instagram you became an engineer at Dartmouth Um, was it was it odd at all for you is it more so this is more work for me to do uh, when you transferred in
0: I think uh, for me you know schooling I started an MBA at Louisville uh, but I was there I was there to play soccer uh, frankly and if soccer didn't work out then I was going to finish my MBA but I wanted to you know give everything. So in that sense, there was more work for me to be done on the soccer front because I wanted to come in and I knew we had a very good team and I wanted, you know, to make my presence known and be a leader um, in a very, um, you know, like non um, non imposing way. If, if that makes sense um, because it, it is, it, it is a bit of a unique situation to come in as a goalkeeper kind of being the favorite to play. Um, but, you know, there are other goalkeepers there that have been there for years and thinking that they were going to play. Um, so I think my personality, you know, I got along with everyone really well. The goalkeepers, we had a really good goalkeeper group uh, and it was, yeah, it was a fantastic year. Uh, so I went there and I wanted to give my all to that team. Uh, and I think that, you know, I showed my respect to them and I think they respected me. And an unfortunately, we didn't get any trophies that year because we had, we had a really, really good team
1: so uh, if, if you didn't end up continuing the journey of soccer what what would uh, what road would you have gone on would you say because engineering that's a whole different thing so do you did you have any ideas for that or uh, was that always kind of on the back burner in a way
0: oh man that's a million dollar question I have no idea what I'm playing soccer <laughs> uh, yeah I mean I, I, I didn't I didn't think that I always wanted to be a professional soccer player but it was kind of like my junior, senior year where I was like, wow, like I I can do this. Um, And until then, you know, engineering school, it's like, I would say I spent a lot of time, you know, getting to where I got to with school. And so I, you know, I dedicated the respectable amount of time to it. And I kind of, I don't really know exactly what field I would have ended in. Uh, I really enjoy the hands-on aspect of the engineering and mechanical engineering and building things and, you know, not reading and writing so many papers, (laughs) But, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure I would have found found um, the right industry for me for myself. Um, what I would exactly I would be doing right now, I don't know. If I would have taken a couple stabs at a few different jobs, or or spent some more time um, researching and you know re- doing job recruiting and whatnot, uh, but I, I would like to put that degree to use at some point in some in some facet.
1: Definitely uh, interesting to to hear about that and uh, to see what you might do with that. So I had to keep an eye out on that. Uh, But obviously some things that you're focused on right now, I'm sure uh, heading into MLS, can you sort of speak on your MLS super draft experience uh, and what sort of things you remember from that day as a whole, whether, you know, actually being drafted, what you did after, you know, the emotions beforehand uh, you know, being drafted 26 overall in 2017 by Chicago what do you remember from that day still? Was it a nervous day or were you more so, you know, I put in the work and this is just, I have to see where I end up then?
0: Yeah, I think that, uh, that was a lot of it is, you know, kind of, I've done what I can do and it's out of my hands. Uh, I, I kind of got lucky. I got called into the combine late because Alec Farrell got, he, I mean, he, he had to pull out because of an injury, unfortunately for him. And then there was a uh, a goalkeeper from uh, University of Washington actually that just decided not to go to the combine, and so they ended up calling me in. Um, and I think I had I had a good combine. I didn't I didn't have a whole lot to do, but I did what I needed to do. Which you know, kind of as a goalkeeper, if you're not making a name for yourself, it's generally a good thing uh, because generally the blunders are what make you popular. Uh, so I think I kind of flew under the radar uh, at the combine, but I was happy with my performances, and then the day after the the last day of the combine, um, we had an option to stay or, or go home. And because the draft, the first two rounds of the draft were the next day, and then this, the third and fourth round were uh, four or five days later. Um, but the first two rounds were in person and I, I didn't think I was going to go in the first two rounds. And so I just went, I went home and I went, um, up to visit my, my girlfriend in Columbus at the time. And, she, uh, and I was, I was with her. I was, you kind of watched the draft, but like I said, I didn't think I was going to get drafted. Um, and then Toronto had two picks in a row and I thought I was going to go to San Jose. I had known the San Jose coach. So I thought there was a chance I was going go to San Jose and I uh, and San Jose had a pick coming up, but what ended up happening was, I believe it was Toronto traded their two picks to Chicago. And then they selected myself and uh, a forward from university of delaware i believe but um he but i i had set my phone down and i was doing something and then i my agent called me and he was like yeah man what do you think i'm like i'm excited i see it's coming up i'm hoping i get drafted he's like what do you mean dude you, uh, <laughs> you watching i'm like yeah yeah, yeah. He was like "You just got drafted i'm like what what are you talking about and he was like, yeah, you got selected by Chicago. I'm like, no way. Uh, but it was, yeah, it was an exciting time. I think I like hit rewind on the live stream and watched it again. Uh, but it, yeah, it was super exciting because that's kind of it. It was exciting, but also a little, you know, I was still nervous because getting drafted doesn't mean you're under contract. Um, and fortunately for myself, I, they actually, they, Chicago signed me very early on, uh, which was fantastic because that, getting drafted and going into that preseason is so nerve wracking because you feel like there, you put so much pressure on yourself to perform because that's, that is your dream. It's just sign the contract. Getting drafted is great, but you want to be in the MLS. You want to be on that contract. Um, so I was very fortunate to sign the contract very early. Um, it was definitely a euphoric. It was kind of, you know, the combination of all these dreams occurring actually, uh, finally, and, and all the work paying off. Um, but at the same time, you know, getting that first contract, is a dream, but it's not, you know, it's not the end goal. So it's just another step in the process.
1: It's always sort of something for me to hear about when, you know, how people, how different athletes learn, whether they're, you know, whether that like you are, like you were drafted or somebody was acquired via trade. The story I always like, and I, I kind of repeated myself because I've said this to Leia Pruitt down at the rain and um, I think Sofia Huerta, Cosette Morche one of the keepers for the rain found out she, she got acquired by the rain via Instagram DM because the account of the rain DM'd her. I was like, of all things, you know, I always, it's always interesting, you know, cause you know, say I, I was watching that draft. I would have no idea how you found out about it. It's just like, okay, cool. Sounders, I'm, not sounders. I'm getting too ahead of myself. Chicago drafted a guy. Cool. But I have, I would have had no idea that you were like, Oh yeah. You know, San Jose picks coming up. <laughs> No dude yeah. you drafted already
0: um, uh, yeah exactly I thought was my mind was blown, and then you know all these messages started coming in and whatnot um but yeah it it was a really exciting day
1: so you know you talked a little bit about how um you know as somebody who gets drafted it's not that's not the end goal that's not you know the dream isn't reached there it's signing that contract, so that happens. And then, so from there on out, what, what's your attitude, what's your mindset heading into that first year uh, with Chicago? You'd be loaned to Tulsa uh, of the USL and made your professional debut on May 27th that year, uh, made your MLS debut against Real Salt Lake on the 4th of 2018. H- how did you come into that time with Chicago? What was your, what were you thinking about? How are you attacking that, uh, that new challenge? I think as, as a goalkeeper, it's such a unique position
0: uh, that you know age is of great value. Age and experience are of great value. And for me, I was not expecting, like I was going in there to compete, but I didn't necessarily have any expectations to play. Um, and I think that that is very much an asset to me because I was able to remain patient uh, because frust- like, as frustrated as, as frustrating as it can be, you can't let the frustration get the best of you and then start complaining about this thing and that thing because it's just going to take away from your improvement in the process of it. Uh, for me, I've always enjoyed the process of goalkeeping. And I remember in what in, in college, when I really felt like I was improving um, during the like sophomore, junior year, I just, I, we would end training and I just could not wait to get out there the next day um, and, and train and, and put what I was working on, like into action. Uh, it's, it's so exciting and that's one of the things I've loved about Seattle. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that, but it's, uh, but yeah, that, that, first year, I just, I really wanted to take it all in, get up to speed of things, you know, ingrain myself in the goalkeeper group and, uh, and just improve. Um, I, and I went to, went to Tulsa. I think I went for two or three games my first year and it was, uh, I, I just went there just for the game and back. Uh, so like it was not, it's not gone for very long. Uh, but I mean, sh- that was an exciting year 2018 or 2017. Chicago, we were good. Uh, we you know, we made the playoffs. Schweinsteiger came in, we had Dax McCarty, we had Numan Nikolic, who won the golden booth that year. There was a lot of good players, and I was just trying to soak it all in. Um, and you know, stay ready for when the opportunity happened. I do remember that year, Jorge Baba, who was the the international goalkeeper, he got injured, he was injured for quite a while. mountain playing. And the Sounders had won the MLS Cup the year before, and it was one of our first home games uh, that Schweinsteiger was available for. We were at home, uh, and I was on the bench, and we were playing the Seattle Sounders, and it was like one of the one of the sellouts that I participated in in Chicago. Uh, so you know we had like. 25, 30,000 people, however many uh, seats were available. Sounders were there. We, were, I think we were winning 1-0. And it was like the 60th minute. Lamson comes out, makes a tackle outside of the box. I thought for sure he was getting red carded. And I think my heart just stopped. I was so nervous. just like, this is my first game on the bench. Sellout crowd, playing the Sounders. Uh, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Uh, he didn't get a red card and I didn't go in. And I think at that point, it was kind of fortunate because I'm not sure I would have been ready for it. Um, but it, you know, it's, yeah, I, I just wanted to take it all in that year and then, you know, continue to improve and be ready to improve the next year.
1: It sounded definitely like you were able to sort of take things in stride in Chicago. So would you say that you were comfortable in your time there or did you at all ever kind of worry about things a little too much? Were you able to sort of take things in at your own pace?
0: Um, I think so. I think there were at times, um, I was definitely frustrated. Um, but I think the goalkeeper, I was close to the goalkeeper coach. Uh, he really, really helped me mentally. Um, he had a good, cause he had a, he had a long playing career. And so he was able to uh, kind of give me confidence, you know, and tell me just how patient I needed to be and, and make me believe that my time will come. And that when the opportunity comes to be ready for it. Uh, so I think bouncing ideas off of him and the, the various goalkeepers I worked with there were you know, I had a good relationship with all of them. Uh, so I think, as, you know, without being comfortable in, you know, because I think it's good to be uncomfortable. I think that um, it, was, it was a good level of comfort.
1: So, uh, you know, taking that into consideration, what sort of things do you remember most from your time in Chicago? Obviously, now you're with Seattle, but I'm, I'm sure that, you know, it, you, don't, you don't look back at Chicago in a bad light at all. Do you have any sort of favorite memories from your time in Chicago? I'm sure that the story you just told about, you know, playing Seattle in front of a packed crowd, I'm sure that's got to kind of, might might be up there, but what what uh, do you hold closest from your time in Chicago with the fire?
0: I think uh, two of the most memorable, and I think I'll never forget these, are my debut uh, in Salt Lake, because uh, that, was, that was a big crowd there. Salt Lake's not an easy place to play at. Uh, cause it's that elevation and the fan, I mean, they have, for them, it's, it's great fans. Uh, you know, they're, they're always talking. They're always, they're always chatting at me. Um, so it's, it was a white out. So was, you know, it was, it was a really unique experience. Uh, and I will, I'll never forget that because I made eight saves. Um, I had, we, unfortunately we lost, uh, two to one Bastion Feinsteiger, you know, scored a, a an amazing goal from like 30 yards out. Um, but that was, you know, that was a great moment because that's, I, I always had this little bit of fear that I would be in the MLS, but never play a game. Uh, and I think that that kind of eradicated that and, you know, proved to other people, but mainly myself that, you know, this, you can play at this level and you can play well at this level. Um, and, and I think the other, you know, amazing experience was when we went over to Germany and played against Bayern Munich. For uh, Schweinsteiger's testimonial game, that was that was fascinating. It was like being a part of a movie because he is, you know, such a player, such an amazing personality. Uh, I think he got a yeah, he, he got like a medal of honor while we were over there. Uh, it, it was it was so great. And then I, uh, you know, we got spanked. Absolutely, they were so. Good. It was it was it was amazing to play against them because it felt like they had twenty players in the field and we had five. Just the way they would use the space. Um, And they're, you know, such good players, Uh, but to be on the field with them and be in Allianz Arena and be, you know, in Munich and just see like what these guys go through, uh, you know, the level that they're at and then be there for or with Schweinsteiger for that moment, because I know it was so special to him and, you know, watch him walk around, thank all the fans. And then, you know, from the support section, grab grab one of their flags and wave it it you know genuinely it was it was like a movie uh and it was it was so cool to be a part of
1: do you have any funny uh stories that relate to schweinsteiger or is uh anything that sort of any sort of stories that stick out from your you know your time with him
0: uh I, he was a great guy uh i i have nothing bad to say about him whatsoever i think you know, he was the nicest guy he's just naturally his personality kind of kept to himself a little bit but one of the, he, he was like the most decorated one of the most soccer players ever. But you put him on a field with a soccer ball, he's like a five year old. He he a clown. Uh, he just he loved, <laughs> it. he loved it so much. Uh, he's like a kid in the candy store. Um, but I, I the the kit guys they always used to have to put um, his game socks. They'd put them around like the foam rollers to stretch them out so that oh. <laughs> <laughs> they would, Cause his legs and his calves are so big. He, he was, you know, he's a specimen. Um, but uh I, I, he was such a great guy, such a great teammate and just, just wanted, he wanted to win. He was a winner, um, but he also wanted, you know, wanted to help, wanted to help everybody.
1: Uh, yeah. How did you end up hearing about the trade from Chicago and, you know, what sort of things did you feel and, or think about in that moment?
0: The, <laughs> so
1: funny story. Well, yeah, it's funny now.
0: I, so I was in, in Europe with a friend and I was actually in San uh, Greek, Greek Island with a friend and I found out that the fire were declining my option um, from a text from my agent because the fire knew I was in, 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 Europe. So they told my agent, my agent texted me like 10 minutes before I was getting on a ferry to go back to Athens And so I I got on, I got this text that I've fired declining my option. And then I get on this eight hour ferry where I have service. I have my, I'm with my friend, but then it's like, I remember sitting outside and like in this, like the darkest place of like watching the sunset. It's like, (laughs) and it's like, Oh, like, what is my career going to be now? Like I have, I had no idea what was going to happen. Couldn't really talk to anybody. Um, just like, you know, in, in my head with my thoughts, um, but then, you know, over the next day or two, I started. You know, I was talking to my agent. Obviously, I was on like a ten-hour time change from Seattle. But he said um, I was like making my way back to the states, and I talked to I talked to Sa- Sounders when I was in London. Actually, I talked to Garth and and Tommy. I believe he's a goalkeeper coach, and it it, it all happened so fast uh, because it, they and they just traded. Chicago knew I was going to come back. Then they traded my rights to Seattle and then Seattle just picked up my option. Um, but I, it was, it was so exciting because when I knew Chicago wasn't going to bring me back, I think the two clubs that I really wanted to go to and kind of because I have experience with Kansas city is I want to go to Kansas city or Seattle. And I think Seattle is my top choice because when I came to Seattle, uh, with Chicago, it was such an awesome experience. And I've always loved the city of Seattle, uh, and then for it to work out, kind of, you know, by chance, it's not like I was able to reach out to them or anything like that, uh, which is a dream come true. So I, I was completely ecstatic. Um, and I remember I, I had just landed back in the States and I hadn't called any of my family yet, but I, because they, I just hadn't told them, but then they made a post or then the sounders made a post or somebody made a post on Instagram. And I was like, Crap. So I text my whole family (laughs) social media. And so I started calling everybody one by one uh, because I didn't want them to find out on social media. Um, But yeah, it was it was so exciting because this is this is a place I really wanted to be because I know goalkeepers develop here. Uh, And there's such a great history of goalkeepers here. Uh, And, you know, it's been fantastic.
1: So taking that excitement, you know, when you first get in the building, you first get around the club, what were your first impressions, you know, about the club as well as the area? Because you do mention, uh, you know, loving Seattle. What were your first impressions about, you know, being in the building and the club as well as just the general area once you were kind of getting settled in here?
0: I think my first impressions of the club is just the tradition that is here and the continuity of personnel. Cause you know, all of the coaches and so many of the players have been here for so long, like the coaches, especially, um, have been here for a long time and, you know, several at the time, you know, we had Gustav, Christian, Steph Fry, Kelvin, all those guys had been there for a number of years. Um, you know, Joe been on and off since 2015, um, there are 2016, but they, yeah, I think that that created a very good culture here and a very good standard because when you're constantly changing over players personnel coaches management whoever it is it's it's very hard to create a new culture but when you have continuity of personnel and they're able to drive the culture and maintain the standard then when you come in you say you understand what the standard is and you have to you have to rise to it uh so i think and and the details of training sessions and things like that we're so particular. And I think that that, those are the things that I appreciated most. And, you know, after one week of training, no wonder these guys, are the champions, these guys, you know, everything they do is, is quality. Uh, so I think that was my first impression of the club. And then the, the area is magnificent. I think I missed the, I missed the mountains from New Hampshire when I was in Chicago and the ability to just get away. Um, and then you, you add the sound and the coast and, and, you know, the mountains are so much bigger here than they are in New Hampshire. Uh, so I, 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 really do enjoy it. and I love, you know, the versatility of the area.
1: Was there anybody or whether it's a player or coach that sort of reached out to you uh, before coming to the club, was there anybody that sort of extended a welcome to you, you know, say, Hey, welcome to the club. Was there ever any of that? Or was it sort of, uh, you know, you got here and uh, you started to uh, introduce yourself to people.
0: I think uh, all the coaches int- or, you know, reached out to me, Tommy reached out to me. He was excited to have me. Um, and, you know, that's not surprising at all knowing now, you know, he built a great relationship with all of us. Uh, Garth was excited to, you know, he reached out uh, which, you know, he was a goalkeeper. So, you know, your union stays tight. Um, but I think, you know, kind of when I got here, I, I didn't really know anybody. Um, and I, it, I did, I live in the same building as Johnny Campbell actually. Uh, when I was in Chicago and then he was here in 20 and kind of what happened to me, the exact same thing happened to him. And he was here in 2019. Uh, and then, so I was able to talk to him uh, and he, you know, he left, but I was able to talk to him about, you know, Seattle, the team, you know, certain players and whatnot. Um, and, I, and you know, Harry Schiff was a great guy at the time because he had some Chicago roots. So I talked to him. Uh, I, I think everybody was super welcoming.
1: What sort of? Well, no, not what sort of. What are a few? If I had to make you pick a few. Uh, what are a few of the most important lessons that you've been able to, you know, figure out or learn, both on and off the pitch, uh, from your goalkeeper teammate uh, Stefan Fry?
0: I think just the attention to detail. I've I've always been very detail oriented, but um, just I think trusting that attention to detail will pay off and technique because there is, you know, we pay attention to every little thing within the goalkeeper group, you know, whether it's in the session, watching video of the session afterwards, um, everything and trusting that the technique and doing things the right way will pay off because I think that's what makes Steph so great is that he makes very, very few mistakes. Um, And he, not only does he make great saves. And I think one of the things we always talk about with him is that, he makes you know the one save in the game that you need him to make. When when things break down, he's there for the team. Uh, and but beyond that, he he never really, never lets the team down either. Uh, so I think trusting the fundamentals and perfecting the fundamentals that for trusting them to provide you the ability to make all of the saves that you need and not break down. Because I think you know there are a lot of goalkeepers that are super athletic and very good goalkeepers but they have some wonders because their fundamentals aren't, aren't spot on. Uh, but I think that's the thing with Steph and Tommy's harps on all of us, you know, all, all the time. And e- even Steph, he, he's, he's always trying to improve. Uh, and, you know, even though he's one of the best goalkeepers in the league, if not the best, he's still trying to improve and he's never complacent.
1: What sort of things can you say about uh, playing for uh, Brian Schmetzer? How is, what sort of things have you learned from him? How, is, how has he been as a, as a coach for you?
0: I think he's been great. I think uh, what makes him very good is um, he, he's he's a really good manager, and I think he steer, he kind of steers the ship really well. Um, he, you know, I, I think he's a very personal guy, um, but I think his ability to – or how he can gather the team and kind of motivate but also just – kind of like it was the best standards just you know he maintains the standard and you know even after the start that we've had this year there's you know we acknowledge that the last two games we've gotten the point out of but they're also you know potentially at least two points dropped. you know like really four points dropped and that it's you know we're in first place but we want to be better than that we want we want to take every point we can um and i think that you know, always striving for the top and getting the group behind that same message and unifying us is I think what he's very good at.
1: Is there anything that you can say about uh Coach Schmetzer that fans might not know about him, you know, as fans, or is is he pretty much a guy that, you know, he's just, just himself all the time, whether it's in media sessions or out on the, the sideline. Is there anything that uh, fans might not know about Coach Schmetzer, whether it's uh anything really? Um
0: uh, not particularly. I mean, he he uh, I think, you know, kind of what you see on in the media is, is that's him. I think he's himself. Uh, he you know, he's a great coach. He's a great players coach. Um, and he yeah, he, he loves to win. Uh, and he loves loves to, you know, loves this club for sure. And he wants to see the success of, of the club and all the players that are involved and everybody around it.
1: Can you speak on the experience of the 2020 season and just how those things went for you? Just because I know that obviously for every pro athlete, a lot of things were different. And I'm sure that, you know, approaches were different. Training was different. Obviously, the games were different. Uh, Having to play down in Orlando for a little bit there. But overall, what things do you remember from going through that season? You know, whether it was routine being different or how you prepared being different what what sort of things can you remember from 2020? Because I'm sure that's a season for a couple of different reasons we want to get rid of just because of how things went and how just no fans being there and all that. But what do you remember from uh, last season?
0: Yeah, I think that it was, it was a very fragmented season, uh, but I think that also created a lot of opportunity for improvement. I think, coming in into preseason and then having our first two MLS games and then, and, you know, a few champions league games, I think I gained a lot from those six, seven weeks or so um, with Tommy, with Steph and just learn from them. And then you know, when things got shut down in early March, um, you know, we were not training, we hadn't, you know, every week we thought, okay, we'll be back in two weeks. And then, you know, 10, 11 weeks passed by or however long it was before we are back you know, we had no idea how long it was going to be. Um, but I took it upon myself to, to feel like, you know, I, I didn't want to waste this time. Because what I had just taken from the goalkeeper sessions and, and from the team of being here for, you know, going through preseason, I wanted to take those and implement those what I needed to learn. And so that I can come back and be better in May, or June, or wh- whenever it was that we were going to be back, I wanted to be ready. I didn't want to have to ramp up or take any time to get in into guru things and so you know I, I worked hard during that season I think uh I think that that paid off a lot for me and then I carried that through the rest of the year uh and I yeah I, and I think a lot of people I, I I feel like I earned respect of a lot of people because I think people saw my improvement and just kind of realized that um yeah I, but but it, it was a tough year for sure uh I think one of the tough things for me is when I came to Seattle, we, I knew there was going to be open cup, uh, you know, or I thought there was going to be open cup, um, champions league. Um, uh, yeah. Campionics cup. I, I had a couple different a uh, couple different competitions. So, you know, I thought there, we were going to have 40, 45 games over the course of the year. And, you know, so I felt that there was opportunity to get some games, whether it was in those competitions or, you know, playing with Tacoma. Uh, whatever it was. And then there was zero opportunity at games, you know, Steph Fry played every game um, because, you know, he was healthy all year. And uh, so, but in that sense, it was kind of like when I was in Chicago, I had then I had to take it upon myself to treat training sessions like it was games. Um, So it it was a difficult year for sure. uh, But I think that for me, I, I improved a lot last year and I, from, you know, from Tommy and from Steph, and from, you know, the team and working with Trey,
1: you know, all, all of these things. Um, yeah. So it sounds almost like, you know, a little bit of an opportunity to refine some things uh, despite, you know, what happened sort of to work on, work on some things, but also, you know, trying to stay ready.
0: For sure. You know, I, I worked on what I, what I wanted to work on. I worked on improving my feet, improving, you know, just certain things about my game uh, that I feel like I need to improve and, you know, because it's in the off season, it's difficult because you you want to improve those things, and that's the opportunity. But you also need to take a break away from it mentally and physically. And this, you know, you could have treated it like an off season, um, but I, I really tried to be cognizant of of gaining a lot during that
1: time. What are your thoughts as a, as a goalkeeper on the new Hendrix kits? Because I know when they were first leaked. I know some of the fans were not so keen on having a purple Sounders jersey, and that was an interesting thing. But uh, as a goalkeeper, because I know technically you aren't allowed to wear them on the field, uh, do you have any thoughts uh, on the Hendricks kits?
0: I like them. I think it's it's awesome. I think they're a great design. Uh, You know, purple is unique to the Sounders for sure, but I think that they're great because they involve the – culture and the history of the city uh, and I think that that's you know that always makes it a lot more meaningful
1: yeah no they've definitely they've, they've grown on me I was like it's interesting to see in purple just because I've been a, a husky here in in Seattle but they've they've grown on me I did I did cave in and I bought one but uh, with that being said do you have a favorite Sounders kit in general in your time that you've been here whether it been you know technically a position kit or one of the goalkeeper kits is there a colorway or one that you enjoyed the most uh i actually
0: i didn't like it when i first saw it but i i really like the uh the pink jersey the pink goalkeeper jersey right now um like i said i i didn't it didn't really stand out to me when i first saw it but uh it's grown on me a lot um i don't know I, I i've liked i you know i i think i i'm not a big i don't really pay attention to jerseys a ton but i you know i have i have, i like all of her jerseys <laughs> But the, the Hendricks one is great because there's a lot of meaning behind
1: it. It is something that's cool to see when it's, you know, there's more of a history behind it. But it, it is interesting, too, sometimes when a certain player, I ask, you know, like there's a, a quarterback at UW, Mark Brunell who played for a different a couple different teams. And I'm like, do you have a favorite out of that amount of te- uh, those teams? Or is it, <laughs> are those just ath- uh, aesthetics to you? Do you not really care? So it it is interesting to hear, uh, you know, oh, you know, it's it's fine, or uh, hearing about looking at the the pink keepers jerseys, which I know a lot of the uh, a lot of fans want some of the keepers jerseys, and I know they're not as easy to come by. Um, yeah. What would you attribute this team's you know early success to? I know that you know as as you talked about and as the team said, you know, not exactly too thrilled with uh, a couple draws there. Um, but you know, top of the table, uh, and, Ooh, I could be wrong though. I, I know, you know, the early success, what would you attribute that to? And what sort of things does the team hope to improve on? Uh, you know, when we get back from international break,
0: I think the defense has been stellar, um, from, from top to bottom. So I, I think the back three, uh, whether it's new, who, I mean, any combination of the back three between Nuhu, who Shane and Yamar. All of those guys are such elite defenders and there's so much athleticism back there that uh, it, it is, it is very, very difficult for forwards. Uh, and mean you see that by, you know, not giving up a goal in the run of play um, and then Brad and Alex have been outstanding. They, they cover so much ground, they get forward and they, they defend, they defend, you know, with all their hearts. And then obviously Christian, Kellen, JP, Atencio, whoever's in the middle, um, and then Will and Raul up top, Freddie, uh, so many guys. They just – they work so hard. Everybody works behind the ball. Uh, And then – so I think the defense has been, like, so phenomenal. And then on top of that, um, just the individual quality going forward. I think we've lacked a little bit of sharpness in the final pass uh, because I think we've gotten into very good spots the last several games. But it's just that missing that final pass – For whatever reason, but I think once we find that, it's going to be very difficult to beat us.
1: It's definitely interesting to, you know, hear your perspective from it because I know that, you know, drawing when, like you said, you've got so close to something. I'm sure it is frustrating, but it's, you know, at the end of the day, one point I'm sure is better than no points, and I'm sure that's not always how you want to view it, right? You kind of want to be like, hey, we want the three points. but it is interesting, you know, to see where we're at and uh, look at the international break and uh, look at those guys that you've had in front of you on the defensive side. Uh, and I want to speak on Alex. Do you have? I'm, I'm sure you might have been asked about it, but do you have any sort of pointers that you saw when uh, Alex was in goal in San Jose?
0: I think that if you get thrown into that position, you're just, you're just praying. Um, but I, but was, I think there's, uh, I can't remember if it was the first or the second one, but one of them, I think he he kind of benefited from not being a goalkeeper and just kind of reacting because um, it, it, he, he was thrown into it right away. As soon as he put the gloves on, they, you know, it, it wasn't meant to be, but he kind of got a free kick. They kind of got a free kick out of it and then whipped in a good ball. Um, I, you know, he, he was, he was awesome. Uh, I think. I you know, at that point, just do what you gotta do to keep the ball out of the net. Um, I think, yeah, it was so exciting uh, to watch him. That, that was it was a wild, wild game. Uh, and he stepped in. Yeah, he did fantastic. He did what he needed to do. That's fair. Sure.
1: What sort of things are you looking to work on while we're on your national break here or even as we continue throughout the twenty twenty one season? Is there anything that you look at, you know, in your game and you say, Hey, I wanna improve here, or is it more so um kind of that mindset of okay I'm just I'm always looking to improve on myself you know is, is that kind of the mindset as as opposed to you know looking at anything specific?
0: I think uh, well I think it's a little bit of both because I think improving on specific things is, is also improving on yourself uh, but I think proving the mindset maintaining confidence becoming more comfortable in those game situations is something that I want to do um, but also I think when I have the ball at my feet uh, especially in the run of play I think Sometimes I get sucked into uh, or locked into some passes, um, some short passes or going long or, or whatever it may be. I think sometimes my vision can be can be a little bit improved. Uh, so I think seeing more passes, uh, because I, I have a lot of confidence in my feet and my ability to make the pass, sometimes I just struggle to see the pass uh, at the right time. And so I think doing that, um, but also just, you know, finding the rhythm, maintaining confidence uh, and, you know, keeping you know, keeping the guys sharp and uh, and ready f- to go down to LA Galaxy.
1: So with that being said, uh, I know that you saw it with the increase of capacity here coming up to Seattle uh, when we get home matches back, but is there anything, maybe that, is there anything that you're looking forward to most as we continue throughout the season here? Or uh, will it just be nice to have some more uh, of the Sounders faithful back and just getting in uh, back after the international break and getting back into the that rhythm of a uh, long string of games there?
0: Yeah, I think getting into the rhythm, um, getting more people back is is so awesome. I think from uh, my first game to my second game, they opened, they created a uh, vaccinated section behind the goal, so there are a lot more fans. But you know, I feel like I had to be so much louder. It's like I can't hear myself with all these guys. <laughs> Don't be wrong. It is it is so great to have them, and they you know they instill so much confidence in us and the team, and and you know they really are like a twelfth man back there. But I think you know having yeah, because it, it's great uh, to have the support of the fans, the Sounders fans are, I I believe, you know, the best fans in the country. Uh, so to have them out there is great for us, but also for them, uh, for them to get to soccer again and get to see our games and, you know, make us feel like part of the community again, uh, instead of playing in, in empty stadiums and, you know, having people watch us on TV. I think having people seeing their faces is great for us.
1: Was there anything that you want to put out there? I know that some of the, I know Steph does some art related things, which is pretty cool to see, but is Well, Steph Fry, I keep, I got to remember there's two steps. Uh, Is there anything that you want to put out there? Obviously, you know, June 19th down in LA and I believe June 23rd is that first match back here at home. Is there anything that you want to promote? Anything that you want to put out there? Anything you need me to link down in the description of this?
0: Oh man, I don't think so. I think I'm just, you know, just trying to get by day by day here through. Uh, and yeah, I, I think, you know, can't wait to have to be back here at uh, a field and have, you know, more and more fans. Uh, I think that's, you know, and putting good performances for, for the fans.
1: Well, I definitely appreciate you, know, you taking time out your day. As I, you know, told Steph here uh, it's always exciting uh, to talk with people, but it's exciting to get more sounders on. I did speak with Brett Evans and that was really cool, but Especially for somebody that's, you know, to see the journey that you've been through and uh, the different changes that you've had to adjust to, uh, you know, and hearing the stories is always really cool. So I appreciate you taking time out of your day um, and excited to continue to see how things go and um, looking to beat the galaxy down there in L.A. So I want to thank you for your time and uh, best of luck throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having
0: me. Baba Bowie.